are you starting over or are you just realizing your full potential? <gasps> yes. <laughs> Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name is Bridget. And you're listening to Money Feels. The podcast where we show you how you can enrich your life by going back to school. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like a lot of people have asked me to talk about this topic more on my Instagram. And I haven't really done too much because it still seems so early into the program for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're too busy with school to discuss going back to school. Yeah, I feel like when you're in it, it's hard, but I have been thinking about it a lot since we decided to do this episode, so I'm excited to chat about it. But how does your money feel today? Mm, uh, Not good, because as you know, I broke my car. Yeah. And this is 100% my fault. I'm so mad. So it needs like new tires. One of the tires is cracked or something, because like four years ago, I scraped the rim and I guess that like cracked the tire and now it finally like can't survive. I don't, I don't fully understand. There are consequences to scraping tires because I will be facing a reckoning. If that's <laughs> the case. In any case, I need new tires and I probably need new tires anyway. These ones I think I've had for five years. But anyway, the problem is like, yeah, that one tire kind of deflates slowly over time and they currently don't have the tires in stock that I need. And I am, of course, traveling immediately because I got the bright idea. I'm like, let's book the car appointment 48 hours before (laughs) your flights. Because then if something's wrong, it can throw everything out of whack. So whatever, car needs repairs. I I paid for the maintenance and like a new battery and then can't get the tires. So haven't paid for those, but was told not to drive my car to Calgary where I had booked my flights out. So then I needed another way to get to Calgary. And I was so annoyed. I just booked flights for me and my daughter from Edmonton to Calgary, which is very silly. It's an extremely short flight. And I know there are other options. People were DMing me and they're like, did you know you can take a coach bus? And I'm like, (laughs) I did know that. I've ridden it before. And that's why I chose to fly instead. But obviously, like overpaid for these flights, I'm just annoyed that I'm going to come back to a big bill for new car tires and just overall like, and mad at myself because normally I take my car in earlier for service, but it was so cold. I didn't want to leave the house. So I kept putting it off till it was warm and look at my consequences. (laughs) Honestly, I blame that there's no bullet train between Calgary and Edmonton. That's the real problem in all of this. And just lack of flights out of Edmonton in general. So, yeah, I mean, I probably would have panicked and done the same thing just because it seems more convenient when there is a stressor. It is more convenient. And my only consolation is I'm like working very hard on my aeroplane status this year and my hotel points. And so I just close my eyes and I'm like, think of the miles, think of the segments you'll get for this. This is the new way you're gamifying your money. (laughs) Yes. How does your money feel, Alyssa? I I think every time we talk, I just have this moment of there's nothing. There's nothing in my brain. You're like, money? What's money? Yeah. I just like, it doesn't exist in my mind right now. I'm not spending any. I'm not saving any extra. My automations are just doing their thing. And I feel neutral. A perfectly run system. That sounds that yeah. sounds nice, honestly. Like it it's not having a negative impact, so that's good. Yeah, I had a live call last night with a therapist 
she's the entrepreneur's therapist. And she was talking about how it's okay for things to just be normal with your money and not to like see any growth and progress because sometimes your nervous system just needs to catch up. Oh, that's interesting and so true. Yeah. So I was like, I think that's what my body is doing because I've just been in overdrive. So now I'm just in catch up mode this year. Oh, I love that. I love your money doesn't have to be growing. You can just rest. Yes. My body is telling me to do that. (laughs) Okay. I don't know where we start today, but for those of you who don't know, I think we've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast now, but mm-hmm. I am back in school. I started my master's program three weeks ago now. So when exciting. You're this, like almost a full month already. Yeah. And I'm going to school for my master of arts in counseling psychology through Yorkville University. So it is completely online and it is making me feel like a senior citizen. <laughs> What? Why is everyone younger in your program? No, actually, most of the people in the program are late in life, changing careers, or just looking to further their education. So there isn't really many people that are much younger than me, but it's hard to manage an online platform and relearn how to do school in this way after not going to school for a decade. Yes. School's so fun, though. I'm like, almost jealous that you're back in school. I think university is the best. I think it's so cool that you went back. I think like I'm one of those people too, who just loved school. Mm -hmm. Like not, not high school. I hated high school, but post-secondary education, I found it so interesting because you get to choose. So if you don't like it, you can just walk away (laughs) and say goodbye (laughs) to your money. But (laughs) I just find that it's like, I don't know, there's just more passion there for me. So I get excited about it. What I think is interesting, because I get a lot of DMs from people too that are thinking about changing careers and the prospect of going back to school for training in a new career, for some reason, feels so daunting in your 30s or 40s, which it doesn't feel daunting to me. Granted, I'm not like pursuing it. So maybe not a good... I got my master's when I was 27 or 28, I think. So I, I graduated right before 30. Yeah, I, I'm trying I'm trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, how old am I? <laughs> I graduated from my master's in 2015. And so I turned 30 later that year. So I graduated when I was 29, which isn't very late. I was a normal age for most people in my program. But like, I didn't think twice about going back to school. I was just like, oh, this is what I have to do for the career that I want. But I'm surprised that so many people feel like their 30s is late or their 40s is late. Like, did you hesitate at all by your age at the prospect of going back to school? No, my age is never something I even think about Yeah, (laughs) when it comes to the things I want to experience in life. I think what like holds a lot of people back is obviously it's an expensive change. It's not like a change that you can make like, oh, I want to get this tattoo I've been thinking about for a few (laughs) years. It's going to be expensive, but hopefully I can do it. It's like, I can either. I love that you compared school to like another, like a permanent thing, like a tattoo. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, they're both permanent. But I feel like I could either get my basement done in the next two and a half years. Like I could save that much money and get my basement done, or I could get a completely new education and change careers. 
And you're in a powerful position too, because you're not really interrupting work. You're probably going to do less work than you would, obviously, if you weren't in school. And that has an impact on your income. But as a self-employed person, there's no way to measure the hypothetical of how much would I have earned if I wasn't working? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't know. But for other people, I think it can be really intimidating at the prospect of having to like quit their full-time job to go back to school. Though I feel like a lot more programs, one of the one good things that came out of the pandemic are online and considerably more flexible than they were pre-2020. Yeah. Everything's actually more flexible now. So I actually feel like I'm the odd person out in the program. Most people do have traditional nine to fives that are Mm -hmm. in the program and doing the work. And so they're online in the evenings, whereas I'm online first thing in the morning, getting my schoolwork done before I do my work. And so it's actually feels like I'm actually behind or ahead some days. But it is definitely a program that is built specifically for working professionals. A lot of master's programs are built for that now. What my only hesitation was before going back to school was, is this education actually necessary? Like, do Mm -hmm. you need this piece of paper? Do you need this title to get the job that you want? Or are you just doing it because it seems like an easy choice to leave a career that you're maybe unhappy with? School is nice for that because it can like it can make you busy and make you feel productive without having to answer the question of is this really necessary to do? Yeah, and that's that's what happened for me. So I actually did like a an income poll on my Instagram last year mm-hmm. and part of it was selfish and I don't know if I've ever like most of the polls are selfish. I'm just interested <laughs> in what people think. But I did the income poll curious to find out if there were a lot of people in the mental health industry following me and what they were making and what their happiness levels were because I was considering it. Data mining your followers here. Wow. Did you make a spreadsheet? (laughs) I did. And actually it's accessible for anyone who wants. So if you're interested in industry change, like I highly recommend looking at it. I'll link it in the show notes. But I found that what everyone who was in that industry, who was a psychologist or a counselor, was making a really stable income, six figures. They were one of the highest income earners on the list of careers that you could choose. Majority of them were extremely happy with their income and their work-life balance. Any of them that owned a private practice were really happy with their work-life balance. And it was kind of that confirmation bias that I needed to go for it. (laughs) So I do think you need to kind of consider the actual outcome of what your life will look like once you're done school before you take the leap. I think that's sometimes something we miss. We're just like, can I afford this? And we forget to consider whether or not you can actually earn the income you want and make the lifestyle changes you are looking for when you go back to school, because it's more than just a choice about numbers. It totally is. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because People often ask, they're like, well, I want to switch to a career that's lower paying. Is that okay? And I'm like, you don't have to ask permission of me. Like, that's, of course, that's okay. I think we spend often like 40 hours a week in our jobs, plus or minus 10 or 20 hours, depending on your profession. And I think it's really important to do work. I don't think it necessarily has to be the most meaningful and fulfilling, but you have to like, like it somewhat because that's where you are more time, like even more than you're sleeping. Like it's really, really important. And if you do want fulfillment and great happiness from your work, even if it comes at lower pay, like I think that that's worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. And 
I'll just like share the numbers with anyone who is interested in going back to school, but is like, how much is this going to cost? Because it's kind (laughs) of hard to find. Yeah, tell us. So my full tuition for the program, which is two and a half years, it's two years of class and half a year of practicum, which is unpaid. (laughs) Love that. Of course. (laughs) And the full tuition is just over $43,000. So my basement renovation that I was planning has been pushed back by two years. Yeah, that's about my budget. Mine's like 45,000. So you're bang on. (laughs) Yeah. And books for the entire program are around $2,400. Ouch. You can't just not buy them anymore. I learned (laughs) immediately on day one. (laughs) Um, And then there's extras like registering for the program in the first place. Um, You have to pay to graduate. You have to pay for the piece of paper now. Oh, yeah. And that's around $600. So you're looking at over 45 grand if you would like to go back to school and get your master's. Wow. Yeah. And... A lot of people ask me and have asked me, like, how are you paying for this? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Tell us. So I applied for the program back in June and I quit my job in October. So I had like six months to save a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. plan a little bit financially, and I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off (laughs) because it was so far away until I finally hit December and was quitting my job. I was done. And school was starting in like four weeks. So I didn't really save much for school, if I'm going to be honest, um, because I'm going to be transparent here. That's what this podcast is all about. But the reason I didn't is because now you can pay for your school monthly. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So I... You used to never be able to do that, right? Like, you have to pay for the whole semester up front. Yeah, they wouldn't even let you put it on a credit card. They were like, we need cash. And I'm like, but the points. Yeah, so I am putting mine on a credit card. <gasps> You're going to get so many points. Yeah, so I pay for my program monthly. It actually feels really manageable. It's mm-hmm. like, a, yeah, it's like another mortgage payment. <laughs> <laughs> so manageable. Like, you have two houses. <laughs> But at the same time, it's broken up in a way that makes me less stressed and anxious, which is usually what I look for when it comes to anything that has to do with my money. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work anymore, you can change it. You can either pay more upfront, like if I end up securing, say, a contract through work that I get paid out and I wanted to just pay for the rest of the semester, I could do that. Or if I decide I'm struggling financially, I'm going to do something else. I'm considering using the lifelong learning plan as my backup. I'm curious, did you just not apply for student loans at all? So I looked into applying for them and I couldn't get them through Alberta based Mm -hmm. on my income. So that is a little bit difficult, which I think is often the situation. Like when you're an adult and you have a full-time salary, you're not really going to qualify when I went to get my MBA, they were like, LOL, here's $4,000. I'm like, cool. The tuition is 36000 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I, I did and I didn't because I just didn't feel like it was necessary right now. I'm doing okay financially that I can afford to make these monthly payments. Yeah. I do want to encourage people, though, to apply even if they don't think that they'll get yeah. them because you might qualify for grants or that's often how schools keep track of like scholarship potential as well. Like all of that, like financial aids all kind of wrapped up. So sometimes it's worthwhile to apply even if you don't get it or maybe they'll give you like a little bit 
$2,000 loan. And I mean, federal loans are interest-free now. So I'm very much like, take the money, pay it back when you graduate. Yeah. And I have considered it. And, you know, like I said, unplanned heading into this. This is the most like chill I've ever been about something this large. You're a different person. It's very (laughs) disorienting. But I, yeah, it's an option. Like I have a lot of options and that's why I'm trying not to stress about it. And I think that's what people don't really consider is that you do have potential for student loans. There is the lifelong learning plan, which allows you to withdraw up to $10,000 in a calendar year from your RRSPs to you or your spouse. And you can take up to $20,000 out total. Mm -hmm. And then you pay yourself back. So it's very similar to the homebuyer's plan, which I don't think a lot of people know even exists. No, the take up on the lifelong learning plan is like nothing. No one uses that program. Right? (laughs) Like it is there. I think people, it's just not popular. (laughs) Yeah. So that's an option for me. I feel like it makes me feel good that I I could just do that and I'd be able to pay for my schooling. Mm -hmm. So consider that. But the, the idea and the reason that all of that is so scary to me, like student loans and a lifelong learning plan, is because I'm trying to hit Coast Fire. I've been talking about it for almost five years now. And no way. What? <laughs> I, I feel like you just decided to be Coast Fire like two years ago. Yeah, maybe it was only two years ago. It just feels like a lifetime. <laughs> like five years. <laughs> But ultimately, like this goal to pursue a future career that I actually want, that is sustainable, that aligns with what I value, is more important to me than that financial independence goal that I've set. Wow. I love that. And I think this is probably one of the healthiest financial decisions I've made in a long time. That's so good. I love that you said that too, because I think that we and I'm using we to mean you and I, and also all our followers sometimes get way too obsessed with the numbers and start to play life as if it's just a matter of accumulating as much money as you can in your accounts and not really thinking about the actual lifestyle aspects that may diminish that amount in your account, but would actually significantly increase your quality of life. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like a lot of it is a lot of the reasons that I'm scared to take money out of my RSP or take on more debt are because of what other people will think. It has nothing to do with me. It's this fear of like, oh, now I'm $20,000 further away from hitting coast fire. Right. Or, wow, this person works in personal finance and they have student loan debt. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of fear there that terrifies me, but I'm pushing back, which I think is the entire overarching topic of this episode. (laughs) Like it's scary to go and do something that everyone else would be like, that's really risky. That's really stupid. That seems dangerous. Which is crazy. But I know, I know what you mean. And it's funny that you brought that up because I remember when I applied for my MBA and I posted it when I got in or something on Facebook, because this was still an era when we used Facebook. Now, this would have been 11 years ago. And I already had my blog and my financial content. And someone like loose acquaintance slash friend, not a friend after this comment, but like left a comment on that post that said something along the lines like, well, I thought you cared about money. So why are you going and getting like another degree and spending all this money on tuition? Which like, 
was incredibly rude yes. <laughs> for someone that I do IRL. And I think so often when people do that, though, it is a reflection of their concerns. Like clearly that person doesn't have the risk tolerance to pursue a graduate degree and a new career, even at a uh, high cost. Or they just like, again, didn't really understand what money is for. I thought I was playing the game of getting the most money in your account and not having the life experiences that you want. Though granted, I was going back to school to increase my income as many people do. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw the best TikTok a week ago and it was like, you're not scared to fail. You're scared to be seen trying. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. It's like, that's the entire point of life is to try. Yes. Yeah. We're so scared. Like, And I saw another video of this person who said the entire comment section of one video was making fun of a creator for putting their phone down, running, like filming themselves running, which I've done, <laughs> going back and grabbing their phone and then like continuing their run. And they were like, how embarrassing that you're doing this. Like that would just make the run take so much longer. How do they think content gets made? Right. <laughs> and I was like, I think the only reason they're commenting that is because they're like, they would never be caught dead doing something like that. That's so humiliating to them. But what what's humiliating? Like you're trying, you're doing something you love, you're you're passionate about it, you're pursuing it. You're not, you're not and you're sharing understand. it with others. It's a beautiful thing. That's funny because I feel I have that anxiety. Like I feel super cringe filming content outside, which is why I basically like never do it. But when I see someone else filming content, I always like encourage them and say, yeah. oh, that's so cool. I, like I try to give. So it's funny. Like when I see other people making their content, I never think, oh, that person's a loser. I just think, oh, that person's making a TikTok. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think like what that all reminds me of like is this is the main question everyone asks. Like it's scary starting over or is it too late for me to start trying? Like, is it too late for me to go back to school? Is it too late for me to change my life? And when it comes to the starting over conversation, like I don't know about you, but I've always known I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Oh. Like with my nine to five. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, when was the last time I had a nine to five? I can't actually <laughs> remember. Over a decade ago now? <laughs> it's been a while. So yeah, I've kind of always done what I wanted to do without consequence, but I understand I'm a weirdo. More people have. Yeah. And I haven't. Like, I love writing. I always mm -hmm. have. And I went to school in a capacity that allowed me to get the closest I could get to that job without actually taking that job because it's been ingrained in me that writing wouldn't provide enough of an income. <laughs> As you're like a published author now <laughs> right? and had a great career in content creation. Okay. But I'm a published author and I had a nine to five job that right. provided me with a stable income. And a lot of that was, which is probably what many other people who want to go back to school but are too scared to do is because I was always told that I needed to pursue whatever career was going to traditionally earn me a good income. Yeah. I, yeah. I also think of like the starting late thing. It's funny when people say that to me when they're in their 30s and 40s. And I talked about this a lot in the Rich Life webinar that I hosted. I did two sessions last week where I pointed out, I'm like, if you're 30 or 40, you have literally decades ahead of you, like three or four 
decades to enjoy whatever you pick up. And that can be a new career, it can be a hobby, it can be a new passion. And so to say like you're too late because you didn't do it in your 20s and now you're going to miss out on 30 years of doing a career you love is just crazy to me. Like you're not late. Like the maximum time you've missed is maybe like 10 or 15 years. But if you have 30 years ahead of you or 40 years ahead of you, I mean, that feels worth it to me to start. Yeah, I think I really wanted to, when I was like thinking about this, is reframe what starting over and what too late actually mm-hmm. mean. Because it's like, are you starting over or are you just realizing your full potential? <gasps> yes. Are you starting over or are you going on a new adventure? A uh, new adventure. Right. And are you too late or is there wisdom in your timing? Like the choices you make, I feel like are based on what you've learned and what you've gone through in life. So that means that any time can be the right time to make those important changes. Alyssa, this is so beautiful. You're going to make such a great therapist. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And imagine if you had thought it was too late and you wouldn't be sharing this wisdom. Yeah. And I feel like too late is kind of a choice to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. Like there is a, sure, there's going to be a period in your life when, yeah, it is too late. Like I can't change anything (laughs) about this, of course, but you can't rewind and change the decisions you made when you were 18, 19, 20, which is when we're expected to make like our life altering choice of what we're going to do for a career. (laughs) So it's looking back and saying like, am I going to make the investment in myself if, is this worthwhile? Mm-hmm. Because for me, it was like, I feel like I constantly need growth in my life. I do too. That's a huge value. For yeah, me. yeah. And I wasn't feeling fulfilled at my job anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I had the six figure income that everyone wants and I had the flexible hours, but at the end of the day, I wasn't happy. What? The money didn't just make you happy? Alyssa. How many episodes do we need to to say that before it clicks, right? Another thing that I like always think about when I'm trying something new or I'm worrying about starting something late is I remember the time is going to pass anyway. You are going Mm -hmm. to turn 45, 55, 65. And do you want to hit those birthdays not in the career that you want or the lifestyle that you want. Cause like nothing's going to stop the time. You're just making the decision. Do I want to be in the place that I really desire when that happens? Or do I want to still be doing whatever it is I'm doing now or staying on this path that I am now, but the time is going to pass anyway. So you may as well do what you want to do. Yeah. And I think as far as it goes financially, like if you're in a position where you're wanting to go back to school, you can take a program like the one I'm taking that allows you to continue to work while you go to school, there are so many ways you can approach it. For instance, like you can, you don't have to go to school immediately. So like I gave myself a six month runway. I didn't use it properly, but I did give myself a six month runway. And so there's nothing to say like you can't apply today and say, I want to start in January, 2025. Mm-hmm. That gives you a full year to put money aside so that when you actually approach January, you can make those monthly payments with money you already have put away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot like having a baby because, (laughs) you know, like it's inevitable. That day is going to come where you have to start making these payments (laughs) 
Yeah, it does get born. <laughs> and, you know, you make it work. Yeah. Even if it doesn't feel good, even if it puts you back a year or two on your financial progress, mm-hmm. you make it work. And I that's how I'm approaching school. I gave myself a lot of grace when I had my first kid. Yeah, because we all should. <laughs> right? Like I just got myself into a place where I felt stable financially and then I just it just completely got thrown <laughs> in the garbage because I was like accidentally pregnant. Same girl, same. Except yeah. I was not in a place of financial security because I only like to do things on expert super hard level. That's what I'm doing now by starting to be <laughs> self-employed and go back to school in the same month. <laughs> I know. That's wild. I love it. What a ride. But I think, honestly, that's just it. It was like, I, it's scary because I have kids this time. Mm-hmm. I have a partner and I'm the breadwinner. Okay. <laughs> so those three things, that's a lot. That is a lot. And I'm suddenly running my own business, but I have to trust myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that when it comes down to it, like this decision is going to benefit us in the long term because I've done that research. Mm-hmm. I've spent the time and I work hard. Like when it comes down to it, if I'm in a sticky situation, I will work my absolute hardest to get out of that. I'm like that too. I kind of like functioning when my back is against the wall because I'll do my best work. <laughs> yeah. And you just, that's kind of why I like this idea because I want to be pushed in this way. It feels good to push yourself. Yeah. And, and not always have it be about the money, like we said. Yeah, especially that. Which, is there any circumstances, though, where you would tell someone not to go back to school, like financial or otherwise? Yeah, I think, like I said, like if you want to go back to school and the program that you want to take is not necessary, because I, I think we both know that there are so many programs you can take now that actually aren't going to impact you at all. They're not going to provide you with a higher income. Yeah, I think that's true, unfortunately, of a lot of degree. Like, this is something that we're fighting against, too, is it's diminishing value of higher education where getting another degree or another certification doesn't necessarily come with the same pay bump that it used to. Yeah, and I think that there are other more affordable options if that is the situation you're in. Like there are lower level courses you can take online that aren't run by a higher education institution that's going to charge you $45,000. Yeah. Be clear if you're going, if you're looking for the skill set or if you actually need a degree or certification because the skill set you can get for free on YouTube and TikTok, no matter what it is, it's there. But if you do need a certain certification or degree, that's really the only motivation to go through a formal institution. Yes. And like, if I want to be a psychologist and people are able to hire me for services and apply through their benefits to get money back, I need to go to school for that. I need to be properly licensed for that. (laughs) Whereas if I wanted to switch my job from a content creator to a, like, this is not a huge leap, but a content creator to a graphic designer, um, I can probably get those skills for a really low cost with like an online program that's about two to four weeks. And I would spend more of that money investing in like 
someone who's going to update my resume with me, an HR professional who can help me walk through yeah. like what the best practices would be for an interview process so that I can brush up on the skills and get to know the industry in a different way than going back to the traditional education. Because a lot of times they're not going to provide you with what you need to actually get the job. Are you going to do that though? Or do you see yourself doing, building your own practice? Because I think it's interesting that you're on a career trajectory where you can still remain self-employed essentially if you want to. Yeah, that's why I like this option (laughs) because we've talked a lot about how, and that is, those were the people that um, responded to the poll. They all had their own private practice Mm -hmm. because you are your own boss and there's that flexibility piece. And because I already have this niche that I do love and genuinely do get joy from, which is finance, I'm able to combine this therapy with that piece Mm -hmm. and actually help people work through their money trauma on a more serious level, not just me chatting about it in an hour-long podcast, (laughs) which I love. Um, But it's important to me to be able to provide those services because not a lot of them exist in Canada. And I look, I've been looking at this for since actually before trauma of money. I always thought about going back to school to do therapy. Oh, you did. So this is like a really long dream then. Yeah, I thought about it, but I never thought about combining therapy with money. Mm -hmm. And so when I looked into it the first time, there are programs specifically that you can take in the United States that would allow you to do that without like going the traditional master's route. Um, But unfortunately, there's nothing like that here in Canada yet. So, yeah, because Canada still regulates things. America just lets is free for all in every profession. Yeah, but that's the thing too is if you're looking to do the psychiatry route, um, every province has different regulations. So mm-hmm. when you are in the program, you have to really be watching and making sure that you know what you need to become registered and licensed. Oh, interesting. Okay. In your city, but yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm excited that I made the decision. I'm terrified. I am only three weeks in. I've made the first monthly payment and it felt great and also awful at the same time (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, yes, I can do this and I can make this payment without a student loan and without dipping into my retirement savings. Mm -hmm. But um, it's only been one month, so... Thing. At the end of this program, I'll probably have a lot more tips and tricks as to how you can actually approach going back to school. Yeah, I think what I think is really good, though, and what people should consider is if you're kind of on the fence and you don't know, you can still take very low stakes steps towards that, like research the program and then just send in an application for whatever you're thinking of. Just apply. That's not making a decision. That's applying. If it comes back saying you're accepted, that's when you really get to make the decision. And then you can say, yes, I'm going. And even up until you actually show up, you still have time. So I don't think people have to wait until they're absolutely certain this is completely what they want to do before they go for oh like do you remember when I took the LSAT in 2021 I I wanted to like very casually go to law school for fun I don't know I was just (laughs) like I was really bored in the pandemic so I was like maybe I'll do this I was friends with lots of lawyers which ironically they were like don't don't do this profession but I did anyway and it was interesting because I like took the LSAT finished it I got a really great score and then I never ended up applying to any law schools like that was just enough for me to take that step and be like 
Yeah, I don't know. And then I think it's good for like six years or five years or something. So it's kind of there. And it's just nice to have that if on a whim, I do decide I'm, I'm like ready. So you can always take these little steps that are very small and inexpensive, or maybe take a few hundred dollars and a little bit of your time. But then once you have that in your back pocket, you can make a decision later, you don't have to make this big life altering decision of going back to school and changing careers all in one go. Like you can take tiny steps and see how they feel. If it feels good to take that step, like take the next one and keep going. If it's causing you stress, maybe that path is not for you and it's okay to go do something else or stay where you are. Yeah. I also think it's okay to say it out loud. Like a lot of people are really scared to tell people they want to try something like this or that (laughs) they want to go back to school. And the second I started telling people that I wanted to do this, there were so many people in my life that had already taken the program or that were in the profession (laughs) that were willing to help me out during my practicum or um, throughout the course. And had I not said it out loud and had I not told people like, hey, I applied and got into this program, I might not have gone through with it. Because for one thing, I didn't put it out there so that I put myself in a position where I had to do it because I said I would. But the second thing is just that you have no idea who in your community and your network can support you through that and that wants to support you through that. Yeah. Because it's when you're an adult with a lot of responsibilities going back to school that takes 20 to 30 hours out of your week, you are going to need support. And encouragement from your friends. I'm so proud of you. Like, I love this. And it's been so exciting for me to watch as just a friend to watch you to pursue it. And I got to write one of your letters of recommendation for the program. Like, it was very hard to even make it seem anything other than like an exuberant endorsement, because it was probably (laughs) bordering along the lines of unbelievable. But I just felt so excited for you. And yeah, like, I'm so proud of you. I really, I really love watching you do this. I still don't, it still doesn't feel real. (laughs) I sat down in our first live with uh, our professor and people were calling her doctor and I was like, oh yeah, this is a real thing I'm doing. (laughs) Like that was the first time it clued into me that like I would be like a professional in this industry that I have never experienced. And like that was it too is I was like, I'll never get in. I don't have the traditional education needed for this program. Right. But I went for it and I did it and they think I'm capable because they hit approved. (laughs) And you're there. And I'm there. there. But I also want to mention that this is a little bit of a tangent, but just because you and I have talked about this privately, that I think it's interesting, that it's very good to look at your career trajectory over the long term, like I said, decades, because you also kind of have to assess risks there. And you and I have talked about like one of the reasons you're doing this and one of the reasons I'm setting up other things for myself is like as content creators online, we're at the mercy of like hackers or an algorithm change. Like remember when your TikTok was deleted yeah. for no reason? Yeah. And it's really terrifying, I know, for me to think that I could just wake up one day and be randomly banned from Instagram for no reason and I would have no recourse and no way of getting back my marketing and the way that I built my business because it is so reliant on these platforms. And then there's also the risk of like trends changing. I already feel pretty old, like creating content online and like the tide's going to change. We don't work in traditional careers. Like everyone knows what a 
teacher does for 40 years. Everyone knows what a doctor does for 40 years. If you're in a profession that isn't necessarily guaranteed, and that can be anything from content creation to like oil and gas, where that security might not have the longevity that you want. So even if your job is great right now, you also have the mindset of like, is this going to be sustainable in 10 years and 20 years? And if so, like, well, I still want to do it at that time, but also what external pressures are putting my job at risk. And I think what you're pursuing right now is something that's like considerably less risky than making content on platforms that you routinely get banned from for no reason. <laughs> well, that and like this um, career, as much as I love it, and it is a career, like content creation is a really viable career. And that's why people pursue it. Yeah. Is I don't love it for my mental health. Same. <laughs> Like, oh and, my God, we said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah, like I am tired of being a person on the internet a lot of the days. And that is Same. such a privileged thing to say. And a lot of creators on the internet are getting a lot of flack for saying it. I know. But it is like there's everyone complains about every job they have. <laughs> okay. And we're no different. So and, yeah. And I complained about my nine to five, but I complain about this a lot less because I do have like really genuine and awesome conversations with people and have met so many wonderful people through the internet, which is why I love it because oh, I get yeah, the help. The, the upsides are tremendous. The upsides far outweigh the downsides. But the, the downsides are rough. <laughs> but yeah, I I do sometimes just want to be able to experience a weekend without looking at my phone. Yeah. Or like the line between working and pleasure is really blurry. Like I often say to people, I don't even go on Instagram to consume content. I only go on there to create. I never look at anything. Instagram is pure business for me. And I don't even know what it's like to mindlessly scroll Instagram for fun. Yeah, I haven't in a long time. (laughs) But you're right. That is the original reason I want to go back to school is because I want the opportunity to choose, Mm -hmm. which feels right at the time. Yeah. And that is one of the financial pros of going back to school is it does give you options. A hundred percent. While it can take away like some of your financial choices while you're in the program, after the program's done, if you are in something that is going to provide you with a solid like six-figure salary or a salary that provides you with opportunities for growth that your other career did not offer, then it's worth it. A hundred percent. I did really enjoy this discussion because I love school and I think I'm done with school. I can't foresee myself going back. The only time you're going to find me on a university campus again will be as an instructor, but Mm -hmm. I am very excited for that stage of my life when it arrives which will probably be like late 50s is what I'm planning. I want to go teach like the intro to entrepreneur class to little undergrads. It will yeah. be so fun. That That's my my dream job. But I'm really enjoying like vicariously living through you, pursuing your new education and your new career. I know Nick said that to me um, last week too. Like, oh, if you ever wanted to go back and like teach at SAIT, which is where Nick and I met. So we have this like really... <laughs> strong passion for the school because it's just like a big part of our life because like you could do that now and I was like oh yeah like after I'm done school like I could do that which is so cool and I think just again the options that it provides for you and just like that extra letter behind your name gives you a lot of credibility Mm -hmm. which is sometimes a really nice feeling if you 
deal with an industry that sometimes requires more or people want more from you. Yeah. And you just don't know where things will lead. You kind of have to follow your gut. I think it's funny. I went back to school and I did my MBA in finance with the intention of being in investment banking. But in my, I think it must have been a summer course or very very early in my second year, I took an entrepreneurship class just because I had to, to feel like an elective in my career. And I met, like we had guest speakers regularly and I met all these super successful entrepreneurs in Alberta and venture capitalists. And then I decided I wanted to do that instead. And that is where I ended up. I actually never went into investment banking because I got wildly sidetracked in my MBA. So sometimes pursuing something like it can lead you down a even newer path than you intended. But I think if you're just pursuing what you want, that's what's going to work out for you. Well, I guess that's one other thing too, is that there are a lot of pros that outweigh the cons when it comes to being an adult that's going back to school later in life, which is that you are more secure in yourself. So you know what you want. Yeah. No external pressures. (laughs) Exactly. And the second thing is that because I'm paying for it all by myself, which I have the huge privilege that my parents helped me with school when I was younger, I am like way more intensely dedicated to the work that I do, the readings every single week. It matters more to me because I know what the outcome is going to be at the end. Because when I was 18, 19, I was in a program and I had no idea what my job would be when I graduated. Yeah. Whereas going into this, like I've sat down and I've mapped out my future bio already. And <laughs> I, I love know. it. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> right. I know who I'm going to be and I know what I want this education to do for me. And I think that I would never have that sort of clarity as a 20-year-old going back to school. Yeah. Going back to school later in life is is good. It's the way to do it. You're going to live a long time. So just go. If you want to go back to school and have a new career, just go do it. Yeah. Like seriously, permission granted. Yeah. That's what we do here. We give permission to people to follow their dreams. But I honestly think there's rarely a situation where it wouldn't be beneficial for people. I think there are times where maybe they'll have to delay it because of other things in your life and that's okay. Taking another year or two or five doesn't actually make a big difference if you have small children or you have to pay off student loans from your previous degree. But yeah, it's just important that you take the steps to end up where you want to be in your life. Yeah. And there are a few people who have done that, taken a year off or decided to switch to a different school because they didn't love the online approach, but you're (laughs) never going to know until you're actually in it. Right. And so it's kind of one of those risks that you just have to take. Just do stuff. That's do stuff. Don't <laughs> do be embarrassed stuff. to try. That's what we have to learn somehow. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of Money Feels. You can subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen and leave us a glowing five-star review. If you want more Bridget and Alyssa, join our Patreon. We do monthly bonus episodes where we review listeners' finances and more. See you next time. You can follow us on Instagram at Mixed Up Money for Me, at Bridgie Casey for Bridget, and at Money Feels Podcast, and we'll see you next time.